City's training ground, the Hangman's Wood, was the best of its kind in England, with several full-size pitches, an indoor training facility, a medical and rehabilitation area, saunas, steam rooms, gymnasia, physiotherapy and massage rooms, a number of restaurants, an X-ray and MRI clinic, hydrotherapy pools, ice baths, an acupuncture clinic, basketball courts and a velodrome. There was even a TV studio where players and staff could be interviewed for London City football television. Hangman's Wood was, however, strictly off-limits to press and public on a daily basis, something the media hated. High walls and razor-wire fences surrounded our football pitches so that training sessions could not be subject to the attentions of tabloid photographers with tall ladders and long lenses. In this way, bust-ups between players or even between players and managers, which are sometimes inevitable in the highly charged world of modern sport. Who can forget the hugely publicised shoving match that took place between Roberto Mancini and Mario Balotelli in 2012? Were kept strictly private. And in view of what happened on that particular morning at Hangman's Wood, this was probably just as well. Not that there was usually much to see, as Joao Sarko preferred to leave training sessions to me. Like many managers, he liked to observe the proceedings from the sidelines, or even through binoculars from the window of his office. Matters of match fitness and teaching football skills were my responsibility, which meant I was able to develop a more personal relationship with all the players. I wasn't one of the lads, but I was perhaps the next best thing. Joao Sarko controlled the club philosophy, team selection, match day motivation, transfers, tactics, and all of the hirings and firings. He also got paid a lot more than me, about ten times as much, actually. But then with all his style, charisma, and sheer footballing nous, he was probably the best manager in Europe. I loved him like he was my own older brother. We started at 10 a.m., and as usual we were outside. It was a bitterly cold morning and a hard frost still lay on the ground. Some of the players were wearing scarves and gloves, a few were even wearing women's tights, which in my day would have earned you a hundred press-ups, twice around the field and a funny look from the chairman. Then again, some of these lads turn up with more skin creams and hair product in their Louis Vuitton wash bags than my first wife used to have on her dressing table. I've even come across footballers who refuse to take part in heading practice, because they had a head-and-shoulders advert to shoot in the afternoon. It's that sort of thing that can bring out the sadist in a coach. So it's just as well that I happen to believe you'll get further with a kick up the arse and a joke than you will with just a kick up the arse. But training has to be tough, because professional football is tougher. I'd just done a parlour session with the lads, which always produces a lot of lactic acid in the system, and is a very quick way of sorting out who is fit and who is not. It's a two-man relay, and a team version of a fartlek session. One man sprints 200 metres around the track to tag his partner, who has jogged across its diameter, and who now sprints again to tag the same partner, and so on. That leaves most men gasping, especially the smokers. I used to smoke, but only when I was in the nick. There's nothing else to do when you're in the nick. I followed Parlaf with a heads-and-tails routine where a player runs with the ball towards the goal as fast as he can 
and then shoots before immediately turning to Fender and trying to stop the next guy from doing the same. It sounds simple, and it is, but when it's played at speed and you're tired, it really tests your skills. It's hard to control the ball when you're also running flat out and knackered. Along the way, I offered explanations for why we were doing what we were doing. A training session is easier when you know what the thinking is behind it. If we're fit, we can open up the pitch and create space. Making space is simply a matter of breaking the wind and the spirit of the man trying to mark you. Get eyes in the back of your head and learn to see who is in space and pass the ball to him, not to the nearest man. Pass the ball quickly. Leads will defend deep and dirty, so above all, be patient. Learn to be patient with the ball. It's impatience that ends up...